Good morning, wrestling nerds. Well, this is where we see whether or not you get to go on to WWE. This is our shot, Zach. Hello. Why do you want to wrestle? I'm the toughest bastard in any room. Probably shouldn't swear, not when there's ladies present. Sorry, miss. Sorry about that. You have to take my brother. No one deserves this more than Zach. I wish you the best, son, but this is the end of the line for you. Do you know what it's like to want one thing in life, and then your own sister takes it away from you? It was my dream, too. I have no idea who I'm supposed to be out there. You're not just doing this for you. You're doing it for the family. What was it like your sister got signed and you didn't? Did you have any resentment towards your sister being successful? So there was a part of me that felt so proud. I was like, look, you've achieved it, part of me's achieved it, but we grew up with the same dream. We can do this. Let's get to America together. We can get the big house together. Our families yeah. can live together. Brilliant. But once reality sunk in and they were like, right, Soraya, you're signed. And I'm sorry, Zach, but better luck to next time. You, wow. You'll get another chance. I've been a wrestling fanatic for the, the day that I could yeah. remember. I, yeah. I knew every wrestler just by their boots. And it wasn't until my dad said, Princess, we're short on the show. We need you to go on. Jump in the ring with Zach for an hour. Get some spots. Yeah. Zach, you're going to have to be in the match. Well, what, what am I going to wear, Dad? Here's a pink Power Ranger outfit. Get in there. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Eventful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the CEO and founder of the Bournemouth Sevens Festival and the revolutionary event crowd, our new online events course. On this podcast, I speak to fascinating people who have all lived eventful lives. So if you want to hear more like this, make sure you subscribe, leave us a glowing review, and you can follow me on Instagram at Dodge Woodall. I reply to every single message. Not many lives are eventful enough to warrant a Hollywood movie made about them, but Zach Zodiac and his family are far from average. Performing on the wrestling circuit from the age of 10, he grew up on the mat, performing around the country and wrestling his entire family. When his sister Paige hit the big time at the WWE in the USA, Zach's dreams seemed to be shattered and he watched from the sidelines as she'd become a household name. But after Dwayne The Rock Johnson put their story on the big screen in the movie Fighting With My Family, Zach found a new purpose. He got off the cocaine and the booze and got healthy. And the big thing for him was to give it one last push for the big time. This is the eventful life of Mr. Zach Zodiac. Zach, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good. Looking forward to this one, bud. Let's roll all the way back. Where did you grow up and how did you get into wrestling? So I, I grew up in, in Norwich, England. Um, my family has been in the industry as long as I've been alive. Um, my dad started his wrestling journey in 1983. Um, he was a doorman at the time and a gentleman known as Jimmy Ocean was doing a wrestling show within the area. My dad happened to be the doorman of the event. Um, Jimmy said that my dad looked like a fighter. Um, <laughs> little did he know that my dad generally was a fighting man. Yeah. Um, and my dad, you know, he, he said, look, I'll give it a go. Um, and really, it sort of stemmed from there. All of us have been involved in this our entire lives. Fantastic. And what sort of age What sort of age were you when you actually gave it a real good go as a youngster? Um, so I started traveling around the holiday camp circuit, which is uh, basically where people go, a sort of caravan park. They have a massive complex in the middle of the uh, caravan park. Uh, and we do that six months out of the year over here, 200 shows. Uh, I started traveling with my dad as a mascot to the, the baby face at the time, at six years old. Uh, I was getting involved in the matches. Uh, I'd have three or four high spots. 
And at the end of the match, my dad would give me a body slam, give me the big leg drop, and you'd you'd hear the crowd just die instantly. Like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, whether this is a kid or, you know, a person of restricted growth, they've killed him. Yeah. <laughs> Six years old, I started being a mascot, uh, and I made my debut in professional wrestling at the tender age of ten. Wow, 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 wow! And what was it that what was it that made you get excited about wrestling? Was it just in the family blood? Yeah, I mean, obviously, growing up, uh, you're watching your mum and your dad. Um, but one thing I was always attracted to was the fans. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, once you've seen one match growing up, you kind of you think, oh, hang on, I'm not too worried about what's going on in the ring, but it's how. You know, my family, my, my parents got the crowd into a frenzy. You know, one minute they could be up here screaming, going crazy, cheering the good guy, booing the bad guy, getting out of their seats. You know, I've seen my dad, I've seen my dad be uh, glassed. I've seen him be jumped. Um, you know, you name it, I've seen it. But that was the attraction to me was how you could control an audience in the palm of your hand. Yeah. Um, and for a child, that was that was like watching a magician do a trick. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. I need yeah. to learn the art form of how I can keep this crowd the same way that my parents and, and other fellow wrestlers were doing when I was a kid. Yeah, wow. How did, how did it develop to actually think, well, I can actually make a career out of this? Basically, when I was 10, I arrived at a show um, and one of the cars got held up on the M25. I couldn't make it. The promoter said to my dad, look, Zach's been a mascot. He's been doing Dink the Clown, which was very popular back then. Doink and Dink. We were doing a rip-off UK version over here. Yeah. And I was Dink the Clown. So the promoter said to my dad, how do you feel about your boy stepping into this eight-man tag? Get a few high spots and do the finish that you've been doing on the camps. The big leg drop. He's KO'd. We'll get him out of the ring. Um, we'd done that. Uh, I then got 28, uh, sorry, 29 dates for the rest of that year. Uh, worked out about three shows a month, three, four shows a month. Um, that sort of carried on till I was about 13. As soon as I turned 13, I hit the ground running. I became Zach Zodiac, put a mask on. You could sort of hide the age a little bit better. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and really, it, it really took off from 13 to sort of 19. I was labeled as the next big thing. Um, and to be honest, I think that probably was the, one of the biggest downfalls for me is that so many people believed in my ability at such a young age. Yeah. When I wasn't yeah. coming off, it kind of took me down another path, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what are we talking? We're talking the 90s here. Uh, no, this would have been the early 2000s. So you're looking at around sort of 2002 to 2006. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was there was there a point where you think, you know what, I can actually make a career out of this? Is there enough money in wrestling to make a career out of it? Uh, someone that's just starting out in this business, no. There, there's not enough money to survive. Uh, I'm yeah. going to be real honest about it. Someone at my age, you know, they're, they're giving me five pounds. Uh, I was a kid. Yeah. You know, um, and as it developed, you know, once I started getting a little bit older, maybe you get 20, 25 pounds. That's not enough to pay bills. Luckily, I was staying at home. I had no overheads. I had yeah. no family at that point. So really, I was doing it for the love of the business. Um, as I started developing and gotten into my, my adult years, that's when I realized that, you know, I'm worth a little bit more than what they're willing to pay out. So as a profession now, I completely live off professional wrestling, not just in-ring performances, but training the kids and the stars of the future yeah, here yeah, in yeah. the uh, PC. And when you're at that young age, how can you earn money at a wrestling? Are you taking the money on the door? Or are you looking for sponsors? How, how does it work? Uh, well, both really. Obviously, you're, you're relying on the promoters to get a good crowd in. 
um, which back then, to be honest with you, we had a bit of a, a, a downward spiral of professional wrestling. Once it come off TV in the UK, um, you know, people tend to forget about it. If it's not in your faces, you know, out of sight, out of mind, you know, you're looking at between 50 and 200 people. Um, this was the case until sort of beginning of the 2000s, sort of 2003, 2004, when people like Jake the Snake Roberts, Greg the Hammer Valentine, oh, Yoko yeah. Zuna, when they started coming to Great Britain, they brought the fans back in. They realised it was still very much alive. Once you start getting the crowds in, then you start getting your yeah. money. If not, you know, I I've done a lot of free shows when I first started. You know, just get on there, get the experience. Don't worry about the money um, until obviously you've got a wife and, and kids, kids and mouths <laughs> needs to be filled with food, you know? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And what's it? Who, who else in your family were you doing the wrestling with? So you've got my dad, my mum, uh, my eldest sister, my eldest brother. Um, we've got a, a foster brother. Um, obviously, my younger sister, Paige. There's my two nephews. Uh, oh, my wow. son is eight years old and has already started. Uh, I've got my great nephew who's eight and started. There's 14 active night family members. Wow, 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 wow. And tell me the story about yourself and Paige growing up. What was that like? I mean, to me, it was normal. <laughs> it was perfectly normal. <laughs> I knew no different. Yeah. Uh, but to people looking in, you know, it, there was highs and lows. You know, uh, mum and dad, they, they were huge in the UK, you know, 25 years ago. They were out every night of the week. And uh, even though they were big names, you know, again, they're relying heavily on a, on a good gate to make sure they're getting their money and stuff. So at times they're away for long periods of times we're at home or we're living on the road with them as well as trying to do our education while living on the road. Yeah. Uh, it was difficult, you know, but I'm, I'm very thankful for how we grew up, you know, families, everything to us. Uh, they give us absolutely everything that they could. Uh, and the bond between me and my sister was, you know, we had each other. That's all we yeah. had on the road. We didn't have friends. We, yeah. we were best friends. We were siblings. You know, we were so close that, you know, we're very thankful for the way that we grew up. Yeah. 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 And was it, what age was it when yourself and, and, and your sister did the documentary? Uh, well, funny enough, we've done about 25 documentaries. Is that right? Um, but obviously, the, I know the one you're referring to will be the yeah. Fight of My Family Channel 4 one. That's right. That was in 2012. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. would have been about 21, which would have made page 1920. And how old are you now? I'm um, coming up 31. Okay, so it's good ten years ten years ago. What was that? What was the story then? Why did the documentary? Why did they pick you up in the documentary to get the ball rolling to bigger things after that? Uh, funny enough, the, uh, the the lad that produced it, uh, Max Fisher, um, he come to my dad originally because he'd watched my dad uh, with Jimmy as a superflies back in the day, um, and he come and pitched the idea and said to my dad, "Look." I want to do a documentary. I've got contacts to terrestrial TV. Uh, we're going to base it around you and how your family's now involved in professional wrestling. That was the, the sort of the plug that he brought to us. Once Max came, we then got the email from WWE from our agent, Drew McDonald, um, saying that WWE wanted us to go down for a tryout. Once that email come in, the whole dynamic of the, the documentary completely changed. Mm -hmm. It was then... Look, we still want the rest of the family featured, but we want to concentrate on Zach and Soraya's journey. Like, if one of these gets signed while we're recording, that's money. Yeah. That, that's us moving up the ladder. Um, <laughs> so they were very fortunate. They came at the perfect time. Yeah, amazing. It's all about timing, isn't it? 
Absolutely. So, so from that documentary, tell me the journey when obviously the documentary came about. What was the journey and how Rock got involved? Dwayne Johnson. Um, so we started recording the documentary late 2010, all the way through to the end of 2011. That then aired in uh, 2012. That got a very good response. Uh, to be honest, that really elevated us. We become yeah. sort of household names within within Norwich. Going to the shops, you were recognised. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was crazy. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy that kind of fame? Well, I did. But at the same time, you know, we're... We're not afraid to tell people where we come from. We're council yeah. estate people that grew up with very little money. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you look in our front garden, we've got a caravan that is sat in the front. The yeah. grass is overgrown. You know, we're, we're, we're professional wrestlers. We, yeah. You know, it wasn't about the white picket fence and the, and the dream home. It was about when can we get our next fix in the ring? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it was, it was crazy. You know, people are coming up to you and saying they're inspired and they want pictures and you're like, well, we've, we've just been ourselves on national TV. Surely more people should hate us than love us at this point. We're yeah. crazy. We're, we're labelled as, you know, carnies travelling around. Um, <laughs> were you, were you labelled as, were you labelled as travellers doing wrestling? Yes. Yeah, yes. Okay. A lot of people uh, associate my family um, with the traveller community. Um, my dad's actually got family um, that were travellers. Um, but obviously they sort of crossed paths, moved into houses. And as the sort of, you know, we've developed in time, uh, sort of that traveler blood is still there, but they're not the yeah. traveling travelers, if that makes yeah. sense. So that, at that time then, rolling all the way back, you must have just thought, hold on a minute, I could have the golden ticket here. A documentary has blown you up in the UK. The Rock's come in, going, right, let's do an actual a film about this. Tell me the journey from the documentary to actually the film and when you went to America. So obviously 2012, the documentary hit. I think it was around 2015, The Rock was filming Fast and Furious. Yeah. He was here in the UK, laying in his hotel. Uh, it was about 3 a.m. And they've got a replay of fighting my family. He sat there and watched that, realized that at that time, Paige had actually been signed. Um, he then basically went straight to Paige and was like, look, that documentary you know, hit, hit a chord. You guys are so much like my family. I was like you. I grew up in this industry. I know what it's like. Um, basically, it was just an amazing guy. Yeah. He then said to my sister, I'm going to turn this into a movie. Um, wow. She then phoned me up. I was the first person she phoned. And she was like, bro. I'm like, what's that? She went, The Rock's going to do a movie about us. <laughs> I was like, what are you on about? She went, with a documentary. He basically wants to make that into a Hollywood movie. I'm like, The Rock? She's like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm a massive rock, Mark. I'm not going to lie. I yeah. love the man, you know? Yeah. Um, so when she's telling me this, and then she's, she's sending me screenshots of the text that he's sending her, she's got him under DJ. And I go, who's DJ? She's like, The Rock, idiot. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 Dwayne yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's pitched it. Uh, within two years, he had Stephen Merchant on board. They'd already got all the cast in. 2017. I'm getting a phone call saying we need three wrestling rings brought to London. You need to come and meet Jack. Uh, your mum needs to come and meet Lena. Uh, basically, get down here. We're moving forward. Um, the, the journey from 2012 to 2017, um, there, there's a rough spot on there that I'm happy to talk about. But, you know, it, it's crazy. You've, you've gone from 
a low-case mini-celebrity to your hometown yeah. to a worldwide known name in professional wrestling because yeah. of Dwayne The Rock Johnson and the Hollywood movie. Tell me about that journey between 2012 and 2017. I want to go deep into some of the, some of the things that you went through personally. Uh, well, obviously, in 2011, um, I had the match with Big Show. That was my final tryout. Um, my agent at the time, Drew McDonald, was like, look, your sister signed. You are signed. You know, Arn Anderson loved you. All the guys loved you. This is your time. Um, they end up being me, Drew, William Regal, and Regal's basically just looked at Drew and said, we're not going to take him this time. Drew tried to fight my corner a little bit, saying, this guy's got everything. Uh, and they just said, he's, he's not what we're looking for. Um, from there, 2012, I met my wife. Um, and then we had my baby boy in 2013. I was at the time 22. I still hadn't really progressed too far in the wrestling industry. Although we'd had a, a documentary, it takes a year or two to get the momentum rolling. It's not something that you click your fingers and happen overnight. You know, it does. It, it's a slow burner. Um, so my boys come into the world. We've just got our first house. I had no money to pay for anything. We were living without gas, electric. I'm on 25 pound a job if I'm lucky. Um, and I had a real bad spell of mental health. Um, I was diagnosed with bipolar, depression, anxiety, um, and I was a sinking ship. 2013 to 2016, um, that's, that's a, a real blur to me. Um, it's something that really is the biggest fight of my life. It scared me, and I honestly, truthfully, hand on heart, thought I was going to die. Wow. So that 2013, 2016, were you using drugs, alcohol, Tell me what happened in that period. Yeah, so um, basically I just felt like a failure. I'd had uh, six tryouts. I also had um, a short time with TNA. I was the ring crew over here from 2009 to 2011. Um, you know, I was working with the guys pre-show. They were telling me, uh, you know, you're going to be signed by this company. You're a great kid. And, you know, just throwing a lot at me. Yeah. A lot of carrots were dangled in front of my face from various companies. Um and when nothing was progressing, I just felt like a bum. I felt like a failure. I felt like I'd wasted my life. I left school with no qualifications. I just felt like I brought this innocent baby boy into the world. I'd met my wife. I promised him the earth and I couldn't deliver. Mm. Um, and it just kept escalating. I was drinking. Uh, I've never been a massive drinker anyway. Like, I, I don't drink at all nowadays. Yeah. But at that time, um, I would drink quite heavily. Um, if I drank, then drugs would seep in. What sort of what sort of drugs were you using? Um, so if I was out, out, it would you know cocaine would definitely yeah. come into it. I've never been uh, someone that would, I say, abuse. Uh, I wasn't someone that would do it every day of the week, but once a month or so, I'd just have this Binge. blowout go yeah. away for two, three, four days at a time, not knowing where I was, who I was, you know, just just planning the next step which yeah. for me was wanting to die you know i felt like such a failure i did not want my son to see me as that man um and yeah a lot of comfort eating i went up to 22 stone wow um i i ended up uh getting admitted to hospital i was there for 14 days they were checking me for all sorts they checked me for cancer ms me they end up diagnosed me with fibromyalgia. Um, I was just in chronic pain, but a wow. lot of that was because 
I wasn't exercising. I wasn't looking after myself. I was eating junk food from, you know, morning till night. Yeah. Um, my routine was at a place. I would go to bed at six in the morning, wake up at three in the afternoon. The first few months of my son's life, I didn't change a nappy, give him a bottle. You know, I just, without my wife, uh, I would have really struggled. Wow. And for them three years, it really was the most horrendous time of my life. I'm and sure. it all sort of, 2017, we fast forward a little bit. Um, and I see the movie for the first time, uh, October 2017. Stephen put on a special show in love. I watched that movie and I give Stephen Merchant a cuddle and I just said to him, thank you. You've just opened my eyes to what my path is in this world. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that I need to be in front of millions of people showcasing my, my wrestling talent. I can help people here. I've just seen with my own eyes exactly what I do in this world. Uh, and that's the best medicine you can give me. Mm. I left home. I left my wife and two children at that time. I took seven months away from them. I moved 15 miles out of Norwich. I started running. I come off all medication. I was on 38 tablets a day. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You were on 38 tablets a day. Yeah, amitriptyline, antidepressants, painkillers, you name it. Mixed in, mixed that with alcohol and cocaine and mentally not well. You just roll, just roll back a minute there, uh, Zach. You said, you said that you, you wanted to end your life. Did you ever think about taking your own life? Many times. There's many times that I'd be sat next to a bridge. Uh, the only thing that stopped me was my, my children. You know, I just... I kept thinking you're this way because you feel like you failed as a father. You're this way because you feel like you failed everyone that had high hopes for you. And then you're going to leave your kids without a father and you're wow. going to let them suffer in life. Yeah. It was a real mental battle, uh, which is why I try and be an ambassador for mental health. I'm lucky. I managed to save myself. Yeah. You know, I yeah. went out, I lost the weight. I don't drink. Um, you know, I don't do anything nowadays. The only thing I do is train, be a father and work my absolute yeah, ass mate. off. Good for you. Good for you. What are you weighing, what are you weighing in at, at the moment? You blew up to 22 stone, being depressed, eating, drinking, partying, not feeling good about yourself. What are you weighing in at the moment, stone-wise? I'm 16 stone bang on okay. right now. Okay, so you dropped so six stone. I dropped six stone. Um, it took me about three years to get rid of the first two stone. I couldn't run. I couldn't move. I was basically walking. Uh, I started off with about 15 foot. That then accumulated to a mile. I then pushed that to two, three, four, five mile. Uh, the weight start coming off. When the weight comes off, you start feeling good. Yeah, when you feel good, positive energy, positive things happen. Yeah. Uh, and I started realizing that in life, you create your own luck. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you need to have a positive mentality for positive things to happen. Bad people bad things will happen and at that time I was a bad person not to other people but to myself yeah abusing yourself essentially just rolling just rolling back what was it like you know you and your sister were training together you're going on the same journey your sister got signed and you didn't what was that feeling like did you have any resentment towards your sister being successful um there was the part of me that was jealous yeah. there definitely was um you know it it's really hard to explain because there's part of me that was over the moon because yeah. what people don't realize is I was a massive part of Soraya's training. I yeah. dressed up as a pink Power Ranger, for God's sake. For the first year of her career, <laughs> I'm pretending to be a woman so she felt comfortable <laughs> in the ring and could get her shit in, you know? Um, so I'm dressing up as a woman. 
Um, I, I'm working my sister. I'm taking her to the next level. She's doing hurricanes off the middle. You know, we're doing standard backflips. She's doing stuff that girls weren't doing at that time. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, so there was a part of me that felt so proud. I was like, look, you've achieved it. Part of me's achieved it. But we grew up with the same dream. Yeah. We can do this. Let's get to America together. We can get the big house together. Our families yeah. can live together. Brilliant. You know, yeah. we can, our kids will live together. They'll be cousins, but they'll go to the same school. Pipe yeah. dream. It's, yeah. it's kids yeah. talk. Yeah. But once reality sunk in and they were like, right, Soraya, you're signed. And I'm sorry, Zach, but better luck next time. You, wow. You'll get another chance, which, which I did. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah. um, you know, it, like I said, there was a massive part of me that was jealous because I've been a wrestling fanatic from the, the day that I can yeah. remember, you know, two, three years old. I used to watch professional wrestling. I would know the wrestlers just by their boots. That's not a bullshit phrase in the movie. Yeah. That's accurate. I, yeah. I knew every wrestler just by their boots. Yeah. Um, whereas Soraya, she wanted to be a veterinarian. She wanted to be a zoologist from, you know, year dot to about 12 years old. Um, and it wasn't until my dad said, princess, we're short on a show. We need you to go on. Jump in the ring with Zach for an hour. Get some spots. Yeah. Zach, you're going to have to be in the match. Well, what, what am I going to wear, Dad? Here's a pink Power Ranger outfit. Get in there. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Quality. So when you when you say your sister signed, tell me the journey that she actually went on. She signed. Did she get a check up front? How much money did she get? What did it do to change her world? So um, she got signed in, I think it was the November 2011. 11, 2011. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she was signed. Uh, I f- no, sorry, it was the April 2011. Yeah. Um, I then went back the November, done the big show match, and they still said no. She then moved to January 2012, which is another massive reason to why I think my depression hit. Yeah. I'd lost what was classed as my twin. There's only yeah. 14 months between us. She was my best friend growing up. We had no other friends. Yeah. We, we weren't going out and, and living a normal kid life. We were yeah. on the road learning yeah. this craft. Yeah. Um, so when she moved out there, she had no money. We were all beg, borrowing and stealing to get her money to set her up. Once she'd got set up, she then got her, uh, her first paycheck. And now with that paycheck, they took the money for the visa and everything that they had got her in order to move there. Wow. Where did she, where did she move to? She moved to Orlando. Yeah. Um, she moved to this uh, like, uh, complex, all the apartments. Uh, most of the NXT guys lived in, in that area. Okay. So, But, you know, she struggled. That first 18 months, again, I'm not blaming anyone or anything, but that was a really bad period for me. And when you've got your sister on the phone crying, saying, I can't do this. I want to come home. Like, yeah. no, don't come home. Like, you can do this. Like, you, you are going to be a star. Like, when people see what I've seen in you, you're going to blow up this industry. Yeah. You need to be the first woman to put wrestling on the map. Don't yeah. be the bimbo or the diva. Be the anti-diva. Go yeah. out there and show the world. Yeah. You know, and she did. She did. And I'm so proud of her. Yeah. I love your passion you're showing for your sister. I'm at, she's she's my world. I love her to yeah, bits. Mate. You know, and amazing. I'm very proud. The, the, only, the only thing that I wish that would have happened is we could have shared them moments. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. I'm at this position now where I'm a positive person. Everything is a positive outlet. Yeah. Even the worst thing that can happen to me, I'm looking for the positive yeah, because man. I've been low, I've been to the bottom and I know I don't want to face that again. Mm. And was there ever a dangly carrot for you saying, Zach, your sister's out there, there's a dangly carrot, we're going to get you out here as well? 
truthfully, this is something I've never spoken about, but in my heart of heart, yes, I believe that I've been chasing this dream. I believe that I've been put on promised land, you know, um, you know, the, in 2020, uh, I was out in Orlando and the day that they shut the, uh, that, that Boris basically put us into a lockdown, yeah. I had to leave Orlando, come straight home and go straight into a lockdown lockdown i was yeah. there they flew me out they got me a brilliant hotel i had a pickup car when i turned up to the performance center you know i, I truthfully hand on heart believe that i was taken there to be signed right but now moving two years on i've still not heard nothing right. and i'm sitting there thinking how could i have been so close that was my luck once again you know i'm there it looks like this is my chance now and then a global pandemic hit. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really had to, for the first sort of four to five weeks, I didn't let it drag on. I had to pick myself up and say, look, this is just the way that life works. Yeah. This isn't nothing against you. It's a dose of bad luck. Pick yourself up. And it gave me two years to get in the best shape of my life. So there was the positive out of the negative. Yeah. I may have not been in the best shape in 2020, but if that opportunity arises again, I'm in the best shape mentally, physically, spiritually. I know I've got this in the bag. Yeah. Tell me about the movie. When did the movie kick off and where was it filmed? Um, so we uh, predominantly it was filmed in London and in America. I okay. think it was California and America. Uh, we then asked them if they could do some filming in Norwich. We're very proud of our roots. Yeah. Um, are you all Canaries fans? We are Canary fans. Not at the moment with how no. bad they are, but <laughs> no, we are, we are, you know, we, we love this place. Yeah. Uh, we love our city. We're very proud of our city. So we said to him, look, please get some, you know, the scenery of Norwich, get the market, get St. James's Hill. Like all of these mean so much to us and has contributed towards our career in different ways. Yeah. Um, so it was Norwich, London uh, and California. Um, it was, it was unbelievable. I was yeah, on bad. set for a lot of it. You know, they were they were asking my opinion on different things. Uh, they brought me on to have a cameo. I was treated like Rorty throughout that time. Um, it was honestly an incredible, incredible experience. I bet. And actually, the movie itself, how how uh, relatable is it to you? Do they did they tick every single box, or was it a bit glamorized anywhere? There was there was a lot of it that was made Hollywood. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm actually not an aggressive person. I'm not a fighting man. The pub scene. Uh, what actually happened there was my sister and another girl, when we were going into a pub, they were attacked. There was a pub brawl already going on. And as they've come in, they've got attacked. So me and my, my older brother went in there and basically had a bit of a punch up with these lads in, in to basically save my sister. Uh, the girl that she was with got hit on a pool cue and completely split her head open, right. you know? So they made out a little bit more that I was a thug, which really upset me because anyone that knows me know I I've not been in trouble. I'm not yeah. a fighting man. I would rather, you know, walk away, buy you a drink, shake your hand, tell yeah. you that you're right. That's not me. You know, I'm not, I'm not a violent person. So some of the violence that they portrayed in there, that upset me a little bit. When yeah. they said I beat my sister up in the ring, that never happened. Yeah. I, I would yeah. never, you know, throw my sister around, put her career at jeopardy. Uh, uh, you know, she signed with the Fed. Why would I drill her into the mat? But they needed the yin to the yang. They had Soraya's yeah. story, and I believe they used mine to turn it a little bit more Hollywood. 
they done a good job in the end. They showcase what I do in the community, what I do with these kids, yeah. what I do with the vulnerable people here. So I can't complain too much. Was there no sign-off from you? Actually, they made the movie and you go, you know what, I want sign-off for this and to make sure they're actually telling the truth. And did you, and as a family, how much did you earn out of the movie? Uh, people think we're rolling in it, you oh. know, but I'm still, I'm still in a cancel house. Yeah. Um, we were on a percentage of net profits. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, there was my sister was a separate contract. She yeah. wasn't in with us. Yeah. Myself, my dad, my mum, my brother, and both of our wives, all six of us, were then under another contract. Mm. So had that percentage have just been mine, I would have maybe been able to buy a house. Yeah. But when it's split amongst six people, you're looking at maybe 25 grand each. Right. Um, you know, and we it was never that. You, it was a pipe dream. We thought we were going to become millionaires out of it. And in actual yeah, fact, yeah. all it done was paid off some some debts that we got ourselves into. I, met, I kitted out my kid's bedroom and I went and got a car and finance. That yeah. was the money gone. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it wasn't as glamorous as people think. But what it did do for us in terms of uh, boosting the brand as individuals, especially myself, since the um, the documentary, since the movie, I also had a BBC series called Step Into the Ring. When all three of them have gone out, my brand has just skyrocketed. There's more people believing in me now. There's more people that want to see me reach the top. They're seeing what I do behind the scenes without any of the glitz and the glam. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me personally, no money could have brought that. No, yeah. Nothing, you know, nothing compares to what it's given me outside yeah it's been brilliant good for you zach so did your life change around when it, when lockdown hit and you had to fly back from america how did your life change for over the last couple of years so straight away when we got put into this pandemic uh, i sat down with my wife um i come home like i said i had seven months away i then moved back home i said to her look i'm good i've cleared myself i'm off all the tablets this that, and the other but when I come back from Orlando, she sat me down and said, look, wash your head at. Where are you at? How are you feeling? Do we need to worry? Do we need to bring the doctors in? Like, what's going on here? And I just sat her down and just said to her, look, what will be will be. We're now going into a global pandemic. I don't know how long this is going to be, but I have to turn this negative into a positive. How do I do that? She then come up with the idea of start doing home workouts. And she said, would it be amazing that if in six months when we get out of this pandemic, you come out in the best shape of your life. Like, you know, people are going, whoa, Zach went in, you know, looking like an athlete. He's come out looking like a bodybuilder. Like <laughs> she said, you, you need to just do something that keeps you engaged in social media, like something that's going to help you move forward as a, a performer, as an athlete. She said, you've never really put your, given too much to your body. Yeah. You, you've dedicated to learn the industry, every single millimeter of this industry. No one's going to touch you as a performer, but everyone looks better than you in the ring because you yeah. don't care about what your physique, you don't care what you look like. As soon as she said that, that was a positive that I needed. Home workouts every day for two years, um, as soon as we come out of that pandemic, I joined the gym. Um, you know, I'm up every morning, three mile run. Uh, my, my diet's in really good stead now. I don't eat crap food, yeah. which in return really does help with the mental health. I can't say this enough. A daily routine, I'm really sorry, but for anyone that's listening to suffer with mental health, 
my daily routine is I, I get up at 7 a.m. every morning. I open my curtains. I make my bed. I clean my teeth. I spend five minutes on me. Yeah. I clean my teeth. I wash my face. I'll then go and decide what I want to wear for the day. Then I'm greeted with my children that is just waking up. I give them a kiss. I give them a cuddle. I make their breakfast. I walk them to school every day. Yeah. Once I walk them yeah. to school, I go for a run. I go to the gym. I come to work. I found a routine that worked for me. And every part of that, is it, you know, a build up to start my day? Yeah. Uh, if I'm starting it the right way, I'm open the curtains, whether it's sunshine or whatever. As soon as you get that UV light through, you're awake, you're, you're alive, awake. Yeah. you're thankful yeah. that you're, you're breathing that day and you're not locked away in, in a dark house. Like, you got to be thankful that, yeah. you know, we're fortunate enough to, to live every day, yeah. you know? So I know that sounds probably a bit over the top, but when you've been to rock bottom and you don't know if you're going to be here tomorrow because whether you're going to do it to yourself or whether you know nature's going to take its course you're thankful for every day that you're up and living and enjoying the moments absolutely well you're living in the present absolutely that's, that's all you can that's, do that's all you can do the past the past is memories that's right. you know uh, the future the future is dreams yeah. and the present is a gift Absolutely, absolutely. So for you moving forward, what's the next step for you? Have you still got that dangly carrot or that dream in your mind to make it as a professional wrestler? Right now, there's there's companies that are saying they're interested. I don't want to name it. I don't, you know, I've got to be very careful, but yeah. there's companies that are showing interest. And yeah. I believe that I've helped myself a lot using social media. Through the movie and everything else, I've managed to gain quite a large following on Instagram, Twitter, etc. Yeah. They're now seeing the hard work throughout the pandemic. Me, me training my body, getting my mind in the right position, uh, you know, the right place, etc. I now believe in my heart of hearts, I'm manifesting. I believe that this is my year. I there's something in the water that is telling me that this is going to happen. I work harder than any other athlete. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you that now. No one works as hard as me. No one's as dedicated as me. No one knows this business inside out like me. I've grown up in this business. I've been wrestling for 20 years, but I've got 30 years of experience. Yeah. Which other person can say that they grew up in this industry, learned every aspect, has been there through the good and the bad, you know, has had 5,000 odd matches before they're even 31. Yeah. And I've still <laughs> probably got 20 years left in me. There's yeah. not a lot of wrestlers that can sit here and say, I'm the past, I'm the present, and I'm the future. Yeah. You can say that. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. If you were to wave a magic wand, what would you want to happen in the next six months? Ideally, I'd want to get a contract wherever that will be, whether that's NXT UK, AEW New Japan, whether that's GCW, Control Your Narrative, whatever the company is, I want to show my kids that you made when it. You get knocked down. You can get back up. Yeah, you know, yeah. my, my boy's eight. He's got vague memories of when daddy was not daddy, you mm. know? So I want to show him, look, son, when you're weak, it makes you strong. If you fight for it, you can get it, you yeah. know, but you've got to work hard for it. And my kids are seeing me working hard every single day of the week. There's no days off. You know, they're seeing me work. Give me an example of the money you could earn if you signed a contract. Uh, it depends. I mean, NXT UK, um, I, I could pluck figures out of the air. I don't know the exact sort of money, but you're not going to be talking life-changing money. You're going to be talking livable money, probably the same amount that you can earn in an average doing another job, maybe 25, 30, 40 grand a year okay. if you're lucky. Um, you know, if you start going across seas to, you know, bigger uh, American companies, so whether it's sort of uh, Raw, SmackDown, uh, AEW, this and the other, I think then you might start hitting six figures 
if you're lucky, okay. if you've got something to offer them. Um, just because you get signed, it don't mean that it's life-changing money. You're just starting at the bottom again. You've got to work your way up. Yeah. But I've done that so many times. I, I know the system. Yeah. And I'm more than willing to start again, clean the toilets, do what, you know, punish me as much as you want, make me yeah. sick, yeah. you know, push me as much as you can, because no one can hurt me as much as I've hurt myself in this mm. lifetime. So I'm begging them. I want yeah. them to give me the opportunity. I want them to try and break me. And I, I want to show them that given the opportunity, I could be the biggest star that's ever come out of Great Britain. Yeah, mate, I love, I love, I love your mindset, mate. Do you think like Raw and SmackDown in America would be game changing for you if you sign a contract with them? Yeah, I believe I can give them something they haven't got. What could you give them that they haven't got? I believe that I could bring some realism back to professional wrestling. I believe okay. that I'm one of the most, uh, you know, I, I hold a lot of intensity in the ring. I believe that my work is very believable. Um, you know, I'm snug. But the thing is, I'm not just a uh, strong star wrestler. I could go in there and I could do British tech with the best of them. If they want me to go in there and do 450s and backflips, I can do it. They need a comedy act. I can do it. I believe that I can give them something different because I can give them everything that they need. Yeah. You know, um, I yeah. believe that I'm, when it comes to promos, I believe that's my forte. You know, give me a story and I will carry that down to the last detail yeah. and I will make sure that everyone believe in my path. Whatever yeah. that, that path yeah. is, whatever you want that story to be, I will get that over. I believe something I can bring to the big leagues that is yeah. different to everyone else is I believe that I am the wrestling Tyson Fury. I know that sounds strange and you can't compare yourself to people, but that man and, and my, my journey, they're so similar together. They are so similar. The way that he came back, he bloomed, he trained hard. We are literally, it's mirror image. Um, and, you know, he went on to achieve the dream, took that world championship back. I believe that, you know, it's my turn next. And that's something else that I really want to highlight is that mental health, can be beaten if, if you're willing to fight yeah mate zach i i fully believe in you mate and i would i would love to see you over in america it's gonna happen uh, i'm telling you now you know will it be this year next year i don't know but i'm gonna keep pushing for it and uh i think the biggest thing that i needed was self-belief and i've yeah. got that now i believe in myself mate you've gone for a roller coaster of a ride mate and you know what i've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this chat no thank you i appreciate you having me on Mate, you've been a star, mate, and I'm going to watch your journey from here. And uh, I wish you all the very best, Zach. Thanks very much. Once again, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, when I make the big time, I'll make sure you're on the guest list. <laughs> Good man. You take care of yourself, mate. You too. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, Zach. Bye, mate.